Hi, ladies. Welcome to the Boss Up Moms podcast. Tune in weekly. We balance motherhood, family, entrepreneurship, and life, all while doing so with humor and in style and grace. You're sure to be inspired, supported, or find a laugh or two. So I'm excited about um, this conversation today. We talked a little bit um, during our last episode about the birthing process and how we all met. Um, But today we're going to be talking about the birthing process as it relates to business and some of the lessons that we've all learned, as well as some of the inspiration that we found in the start process. So, ladies, what do you have to say about um, um, the birthing process and how it relates to business? So um, good morning. This is Cinnamon and I am excited to talk about this because I think this is where a lot of women get caught up and um, stopped actually (laughs) at the starting point, right? Um, Because there's, you're excited about your idea and there's so much potential and opportunity ahead of you, but then how to achieve that potential is, uh, is where people tend to get slowed down. But the good news is you don't have to have all the answers when you start a business, right? Right. Just one step at a time. So my business, um, my main business is Nail Taxi, which is a mobile nail boutique that I started 15 years ago. And I got the idea when I had a girlfriend, a former roommate from college who was pregnant with her third child. And I called her one day, you know how you call your girlfriends and check on them. How are you? What do you need today? How can I help you? I didn't have any, I had a small child at the time. Madison was, um, she was a toddler. So under two, what do you need? And she said, I really would love to have a pedicure. And I said, okay, that's great. Let me call, let me find someone that can come to you and do Mm -hmm. this service. Um, Because like I said, she already had two children. She was pregnant with her third. And then I had one, neither one of us had a minivan. So we weren't going to pile up in one car and go to a salon. (laughs) Minivans wasn't popping in. They weren't. Not like like today. Not like today. And so that was what? Yeah. 15, Mm -hmm. 16 years ago. Um, everybody didn't have a minivan. <laughs> it was a luxury back then, not a necessity like today. So um, I called around to different salons. She was living in Waldorf, Maryland at the time, called around and couldn't find anybody that could come to her. They were like, what? No, we don't do that. We don't. And I thought, that's strange. I know it's not New York where they have everything, but Washington's a pretty major metropolitan area, we should have this service. And I um, then mentioned it to my husband who had heard a range of ideas through the years. But as soon as I mentioned this one, he said, yes, honey, that is an awesome idea. So I knew right then, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm on to something. And that's when the idea for Nail Taxi was conceived. It was actually a year later before it was birthed. Um, And that was at a conference in Fairfax, Virginia. A woman invited me to come and uh, participate. At first, I said, no, I can't do it because I wasn't planning to launch for another four months. And again, it was my husband who said, but you have everything you need right now. So go ahead and do it. And I did. Mm -hmm. And um, we've been on and popping since then. So 
that's how Nail Taxi started. And um, since then, I've launched a couple of other businesses, but they're really still in their infancy. Infancy. So I just um, I won't get into all that right now. But that's the beginning <laughs> of Nail Taxi. Brainchild. Your birth, your brainchild in infancy or whatever you call it, brainstorm mode. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Brainstorm mode. Yes. Absolutely. Wow. Well, um, my business idea started, I guess I should say who I am. Huh? I'm the deep raspy voice one, Nicole Brown. <laughs> um, but my business started, idea started in really 1988, 89. Um, I was a senior in high school. I worked... I only went to school half a day. I worked in the um, in the home daycare after I got out of school at noon. So I had the work study program where you can get a job. And um, the in home daycare I worked for my sister at the time with thirteen years apart. So she went there for daycare for K four, K three, whatever mm -hmm. that was. So um, I would go after school. The owner would have a list of things for me to do. And she said, um, I'm going to go hang out with my girlfriends, get my hair done, get my nails <laughs> done, and this is your job to take care of the kids when they wake up. You're oh, supposed what? to do this. Oh. this, she, this, was, this. she was booked she and busy. She, 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 she was booked and so busy. I was like, okay. And she may have had only, it was only like five or six kids who was Still, at home. Right. But I was of age to stay with them alone back then, you know, and everything. So... My thing was, I want to do that one day. Well, like, you were doing it. Right? <laughs> I mean, but I was the one coming in, and mm -hmm. she would be like, "See you later. Here's your list of things to do." And she would now she would come back before the very end of the day, of course. But <laughs> it would be like twelve to five. You know, about five, she would roll back in, make sure I did everything, and was like, "Thank you." You know, now. Not every day she would do it, but most of the days. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so I got to a point where I said, you know what? I, I want to do that. Like, I want to be able to have this life mm -hmm. or whatever. So fast forwarding to I graduated. Um, I wanted to go, you know, to Bowie State. Back then, my, my, I, had, I was valedictorian in my class mm -hmm. when I graduated high school, but I could not pass that SAT to save my life. Mm -hmm. So I didn't let that stop me. Um, I, Bowie State is, was my dream school, but I couldn't get in there. So I'm like, oh, oh well. So I got a scholarship to go to Kanataji School. I did that and got my Kanataji license, did Nikki on Wheels, where mm -hmm. I would go to people's homes and do hair, <clears throat> you name it, I did it, right? And so after that, fast forward to about 1993, um, I took a class at PG Community College. You could, if you took took this class, it allowed you to be a director at a small center once you completed these sessions. Mm -hmm. And so that is what I did. Um, in 93 is later on when my family moved to Whitbridge, Virginia. And, you know, I did in-home daycare. We, we rented this house from this family and I did in-home daycare there. The lady was like, you know, if you guys watch my kid, you guys can live rent-free. Mm. So, so guess who was doing daycare? Uh, <laughs> my mom, she 
she said, well, I can watch him. And the lady said, well, I don't want him going everywhere because my parents are in full-time ministry. So I was sitting in on the meeting. So me, I, I was working at, at a school before we moved here as an assistant teacher to one of the top K-5 teachers at this private school. And um, I jumped in and said, hey, well, what if I do it? Is that okay? And mm -hmm. the lady said, sure, why not? And then from there, my thing was, well, after we get so many kids, whatever will cover the rent for my family to live here is fine. But after that, can I make the rest of the money? Good question. So she said, you sure can. So long story short, once the, um, you know, fast forwarded on, I did daycare in the home. Then um, started dating my husband. We got married in 95. But my parents still lived in that home, and my husband moved into this apartment. Then the owner wanted to sell. And then my husband, I begged him. I said, you have to buy this home for me. He was like, well, just do it in the apartment. I'm like, you can't watch kids in no apartment. <laughs> and um, long story short, it worked out. We purchased the townhome. And from that point, uh, my parents moved back to Maryland. And I've been doing daycare ever since. Mm -hmm. And then um, 2006 is when I took it out of my home. Mm -hmm. And um, I just always stayed, you know, able to find ways to grow, take classes. Mm -hmm. I'm always trying to stay on top. But, you know, that's kind of like my beginning point um, in how I really got started in, in doing daycare. So it was a long, long journey. But. I hung in there, but it was an opportunity. It started from 1988, just saying, I want to do that one day. And mm -hmm. so I started hiring high school students. And sure enough, they would come in after school. I'd be like, I'm going to get my hair done. I'm going to get my hair done. Then you was booked in business. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Mm -hmm. So it just really comes natural. Um, 
So that's kind of, you know, how it got started, just doing the research and saying, okay, well, this is my niche. And it doesn't really, you know, seem like work because it's something that, again, is natural. I enjoy doing. And um, that's really it. So I don't have like the 20 year, the, you know, well, I do have that experience, right. but um, just being in business for myself, um, I haven't been around that long yet. <laughs> yeah, but you have the skills for it. So, yeah. It's not where you start, it's where you finish. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, well, this is Chanel, and I'm going to um, go back about 15 years ago, um, because that's actually how I met Cinnamon and how um, some of the training that I got also impacted Nicole's business. Uh, So 15 years ago, I had, um, I gave birth to twin girls. At the time I had a four-year-old as well, and I worked in accounting full-time. And back then, you know, there not only were minivans not popular, but working from home was not popular (laughs) as well. So here I am with a four-year-old and, you know, about to give birth to twin girls. And I knew that I was not going to be able to, you know, pay for daycare and, you know, work in D.C. on a regular basis with three kids, you know. And if you're familiar with the D.C. area, daycare here is not cheap for little ones. Um, so my business um, at the time was I quit my quit my job um, as an accountant Um and my business, I launched an online clothing boutique called My Diva Shop. Yeah, um, and it was, you know, it was, it yeah. was out of passion, but it really, to be honest, was out of need because yeah. I needed something to, you know, kind of sustain, you know, the household while, you know, managing these kids. Because at the time when online businesses were really just kind of like starting to pop a little bit. Um, and Cinnamon and I met at the Women's Business Center because I wanted, even though I had that entrepreneur spirit. I didn't know anything about really running a business. So, you know, I would take classes at the Women's Business Center, attend conferences, that sort of thing. Um, And I can remember being at a networking event and, you know, I'm there and Cinnamon and I were in the same room together. And it was almost like we had met each other, but we really hadn't met each other. And we just kind of introduced ourselves and just, I don't know, we guess we were just kindred spirits um, at the time, whatever. Um, but you know, the women's business centers where I got a lot of training, um, and running my own business from nothing. I've learned how yeah. to do social media at, in its form at the time that social media, as we know it now was very early on, but I learned how to code websites because my web designer quit on me, you know, so I can be, a, you know, I can remember being up, you know, two, three in the morning, learn HTML code. Um, I learned how to, you know, brand and market and how to trademark myself. Um, and so that business, you know, was was a lot of fun. Um, as my girls got older, though, I realized that I needed um, a little bit more income, I guess. You know, so I ended up going back to work full time, was presented with a really nice accounting opportunity. But I ended up, we um, launched and founded a, a track club, a youth track club called Dell City Track Club, which is an organization that empowers youth through track and field. Um, and then my uh, business that's three years old is Competitive Edge Athletic Performance Center. We're um, a 20,000 square foot youth training facility um, and work with kids in, at all different levels of their athletic stages. Um, but I will say all that to say, you know, that that early business that I had, you know, a lot of what I had to learn and go through in terms of, you know, financing the business, 
you know, learning how to, you know, do things on the back end. I learned it from really just starting small in that Dale City or the uh, Diva shop. So, and like I said, that's how I met Cinnamon and that's how she and I got to be friends. And I knew about the Women's Business Center and I was able to, you know, share those resources with Nicole. And yeah, I mean, the the, the new part is, is always fun and exhilarating and exciting. Um, but I also think too, you know, even though Dee mentioned, that she hasn't been doing her business so long, but a lot of what we do on our regular life and all of our life experiences, we're able to pull it into, you know, and pull it into our businesses and being able to, um, you know, help us in, in a lot of different ways. So I just thought about something you reminded me of. It's not really related. Well, I guess it's kind of related to what we're talking about, but um, so after Chanel and I met, Maybe a year or so later, Robin invited us mm-hmm. to Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. She was living in New York. This was somebody else in business in the Washington mm-hmm. metro area. Invited us up to Fashion Week. Now, we had these little kids. <laughs> we left at like 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. on Megabus or something. Yep. Do you remember this? Yes. Oh, I remember it very well. <laughs> to go to, this is when Fashion Week was at Bryant Park. Mm-hmm. And it was my first real fashion show. Mm-hmm. So I was so excited. And of course, Chanel was into fashion with her fashion business. And I was launching Nail Taxi. And we got to the got to the tents at Bryant Park. And we had, we had standing room tickets. <laughs> I remember I got physically yes. ill <laughs> and vomited oh, in, right in the middle of the show. Gift bag <laughs> and remained standing and enjoyed the show. But before I threw up in the bag, <laughs> this is, these took, are facts. That's what the young people say. These are facts. Before I threw up in the bag, I emptied the contents and there was a bottle of Deborah Lippman nail polish mm-hmm. in that bag. And that became my favorite color. I This was my mm-hmm. first like luxury polish experience, right? Mm-hmm. Well, fast forward about five years later, when Nail Taxi is doing Fashion Week every September and every February, Deborah Lippman contacted wow. me through Nail Taxi mm-hmm. to provide some nail pearls for her show. Mm-hmm. And I went up, I got to meet her Mm -hmm. and to see my team working with her. And I actually, and the show we did was um, Zach Posen. Mm -hmm. It was like- And that was the show we went to. Right, like it was a total full circle (laughs) moment. And it was all I could do not to pass out. (laughs) And I told Deborah, and she was like, oh my gosh, that's a beautiful story. Mm -hmm. Let's take a picture together. And we did. And it was just, that's, you reminded me of that story. Oh, you need to find that picture. I do, right? Yeah, you got to find that picture. That was before iPhones. Uh-huh. It could be anywhere. anywhere. Yes. It's on on the the hard drive (laughs) somewhere. It could be anywhere. Um, So, yeah. But, you know, you just... Re, you know, retelling that story makes me think. You, we never really know where where these businesses are going to take mm-hmm. us when we launch them, right? Mm-hmm. But the main thing is to be obedient to your to to your what's it called your um your core not your mission or your um that little voice. Mm-hmm. What's the little voice called? Y'all? I call it the Holy Spirit. 
Okay, there's a, a, a name. Conscience. We're running out of things here, Cindy. Oh, my God. <laughs> gut, your intuition. Intuition. <laughs> Thank you. Right. But like we're on a game show. Right. Work with me. Nikki quit on me. Yeah, she was like, that's it. I'm not even playing again. Your intuition. Your intuition and the Holy Spirit will guide you in these moments and through these difficulties. So just stay focused and try to do something every day. Work it, set small goals, mm -hmm. small goals. Try to do something every day uh, to get you a little bit closer to your goals. And then I think most importantly, and this is somebody had to tell me this when I was starting out, was to take time to celebrate. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because there are so many small victories along the way that we get, we don't pay attention to because True. we're focused on the True. big picture. Mm -hmm. Like when you have, you know, when you're grossing 65000 a year, or when you have mm -hmm. teams in eight cities, or when you have five daycares, that you don't mm -hmm. celebrate the small victories, yeah. but mm -hmm. it's the small victories that really make the large victories that more mm -hmm. uh, special and uh, valuable to us. Yep, definitely. Mm -hmm. All right, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think, like she said, that once you celebrate the small ones, you enjoy the journey. Right. Yeah. If you wait until you make a million dollars in your business, mm -hmm. you'll give up at 500 right? Right. or that's the $100 or the first sale. Yeah, so right. that's true. That is true to celebrate Celebrate your first sale of whatever it is mm -hmm. or your first right. accomplishment or, or that first thing that you thought you could never do. Right. Or just starting the Instagram page. That's right. Buying right. right. the domain name. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, Take some baby steps. Yeah. Right. So don't don't wait till the big, big picture. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll seem like forever before you celebrate. Mm -hmm. So you give up too quickly. I think, too, when you look at the big picture, you get overwhelmed. So then, you, oh, yes. at least sometimes yeah. I do, like, you shut down. You're like, there's no way that I can do this, I can do that, I can do that. So, you know what? Let me just sit here on this couch and just stick it, you know, stick at my nine-to-five <laughs> job or, you know, stick at, right. you know, this job that I'm not, you know, super happy with or whatever the case might be because you just get so overwhelmed looking at the, everything. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that's yeah. good too, like you said, um, Nicole, is just celebrating those things because you do want to enjoy the journey. Mm -hmm. You want yeah. to, you know, enjoy the steps that it took you to get to wherever it is that we're to be. Yeah. So, Cinnamon, you had a full circle moment, you know, at Fashion Week with, uh, you know, Deborah and Zach. But, like, what, how did you know, or you ladies know? That whole, you know, when you were gaining momentum. Um, I think for me was, you know, coming from I lived in Waldorf, Maryland, mm -hmm. and so coming from Maryland, <laughs> as people say, you say Maryland. Maryland. <laughs> I came from Maryland. I grew up in D.C. and then moved to Maryland, and so coming from Waldorf to Woodbridge. Mm -hmm. My first seven to eight students were all white Caucasian mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. For me, it was like these people are trusting me with their children. Mm -hmm. 
every field trip to the library, everywhere we went, to see me as a very young 22-year-old mm -hmm. running this business with all these white kids who were respectful, who respected me, they mm -hmm. didn't embarrass me in the streets. <laughs> For me, that's when I began to, it, it was a culture shock for me that right. they first entrusted me. Mm -hmm. um, but then I had to embrace the moment that I was in. And it wasn't, they were looking at me for, because of my color. Mm -hmm. It was what I could offer their right. kids. That's right. Mm -hmm. And I had to see it that way. Mm -hmm. So as it grew and they continued to come, then I had not just, White kids, I had black kids, I had Hispanic kids, mm -hmm. I had all the kids that were kicked out of other in-home daycare <laughs> centers, you know what I mean? And you could discipline them back then, mm -hmm. but not necessarily discipline all the time it spanked them, mm -hmm. but I mean, the parents really trusted me. Mm -hmm. And so as it began to grow, that's when I really began to see I was on to something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was very important that I treated them all equal. I didn't treat them any differently because they were of any color. Mm -hmm. But at that point was the first time I never dealt with any racial issues. Like I don't have that story or that experience. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I just wanted to be consistent with was just treating people equal mm -hmm. regardless. And it started word of mouth. It wasn't anything that you know, there was no advertising. Well, yes, Potomac News, you could run an ad for mm -hmm. like five bucks back then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could go to the little Potomac News place right there when it was on um, like 35 words or something. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. Right. Yes. So that, that was like the, the old school tweets. Right. <laughs> You're trying to right. get, get so all your ad in 140 characters yes. or less. Yeah. But it was all word of mouth. I forgot was, about that. Yeah, that was the thing. The comic news was on the podcast. <laughs> and you got to meet the people that was running your ads mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And you had to go there to renew it. Mm -hmm. But um, that's when I began to see that it was moving. And I began to believe that what I had inside of me was something that was needed in our community mm -hmm. at the time. So, um I think as the family started coming, it was a culture shock initially. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, you know what? Get over yourself. Yeah. Like they need, they want it too, right. and they deserve it. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't see it. Some people could say, "Well, are you like a nanny to these kids?" You know, and I'm like, no. These were low income families mm -hmm. that they appreciated what I brought to the table. So as the kids began to come. And it didn't take long is when I began to realize that I'm on to something at this point. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, the gaining momentum part was, um, again, the word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, you can advertise and do all that. But as an entrepreneur, especially when you're working with someone like as an assistant or something, mm -hmm. you really um, want the ability to choose um Against your clients. Mm -hmm. So being able to have word of mouth because the clients that I have, it's like, okay, if they're referring to someone to me, then <laughs> they're most likely a good fit, you know, right. right thing. And then also, um, just a word of advice, I guess you could say, is just knowing that um, all money is not my money. It's not that's, for me. That's a really good right. point. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's so a really good point. You can keep that 
you know, over there. So, you know, just being able to um, pick your clientele mm-hmm. and just knowing that, you know, every client is not your client. Yeah, that's a good point. But it's hard to you have to be really clear on who your client mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And who that target is, because when you get, you know, desperate or whatever, you be thinking that everybody exactly. can help you or everybody is your client. And then you end up with a headache. <laughs> and to Dee's point, every client is not your client. Every employee is not your employee oh, yeah. also. Right. Yeah. I had a situation when I first started Nail Taxi. I interviewed this woman. She showed up late. Mm. And her wig was on crooked. See, you should have known <laughs> right then and there. Right. And this was before like these wonderful lace fronts and things. That <laughs> this was you should have known ago. better. And her wig, like she got out the car and said, oh my gosh, I forgot my wig. And just, <laughs> and I'm sitting there talking to her and I'm like, this woman is not right. <laughs> but yet and still, I went with her. And I think she made it through about two appointments <laughs> before I had started giving money back. Before just dissatisfied. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Just every the, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say every client is not for you, and every <laughs> every employee or every person that interviews is not for you. Well, just a little something on the wig. I mean, she could have been excited and was shouting. In the car, okay. Before she got out, she like, could have oh, been. But the fact that she's interviewing and didn't straighten her wig, <laughs> that ain't right. Is a problem, right? Right. That is not acceptable. Because you're going into clients' homes with nail taxi. Mm-hmm. I need to know that you're going to that's be presenting. <laughs> Among exactly. other things, so if you don't say anything else, that it has your wig. <laughs> So the momentum part is fine, but you know, when you start something new, you always have people that's going to down the program, haters, naysayers, whatever you want to call it. Um, so what's the, what's the plan of attack for that? So listen, three years ago, my, Sammy got stories my son, who was nine at the time, I don't even remember what we were talking about, but Cole said, haters go hate. <laughs> And I looked at the boy. <laughs> I said, you are so right. Mm-hmm. That's what haters do. Yes, that is true. You know, and I think you have to, it takes a certain level of confidence to just acknowledge that haters gonna hate. <laughs> it is what it is. You can't let that stop your groove. You know, one monkey done stop, no show. Right. And yeah. just keep on going. And I have, I think I got a, a different perspective on naysayers or haters because I have found that sometimes the people that down the program the most are people that you thought were on your team mm-hmm. um you know or thought that you know were, were down with the program and then I have found that people that you might have perceived as like haters or whatever you want to call them against they're people that might support you they might not just verbally say it or but they're I have had experiences where people that I thought, you know, were on my team were not. But then I've had experiences where I thought that people were haters, if you will. And they are some of my, you know, best clients because they want the service that we offer. So 
to Cinnamon's point, like, do you be confident, you know, right. but don't get all caught up on, you know, that person hate me or, right. you know, I'm not going to do that, you know, because so-and-so, you know, is going to be looking or don't do this. You know, you, you got to still do you and be true to who you are, too. Right. True. Yeah. 